Well, I'm coming to the end of, we're coming to the end of wedding seasons. So during the summer, it's kind of like back-to-back weddings all throughout the summer. And this happens to me almost every single time I go to a wedding reception. I don't know why it happens, but people tend to come up to the priest and they tell us everything wrong about the Catholic Church. And uh, that includes fallen away Catholics. So I'm getting a little bit like, I'm getting tired of that. And so I did, I said something, I, I don't know, I'm normally not like this. I'm very kind usually and very patient. And, but two weekends ago, somebody came up to me and she said, Father, um, I don't go to Mass anymore. You know, I just, um, I don't really go. And she said, but I'm a really good person. And I, these words jumped out of my mouth and I said to her, no, you're not. Like, <laughs> you're not going to Mass on Sunday. You're not following God. You're not following the precept of the church to go to Mass every Sunday. You're not receiving the Eucharist. You're not a good person. <laughs> and so I said it, and I was like, I can't believe I just, I can't, those words just came out of my mouth. And so I was uh, trying to process that later, and I told it. Now, by the way, she came up to me later, and she said, hopefully I'll see you at Holy Family. But um, I was talking to another priest, and I said, this, I, I can't believe I just said this to this lady. And he goes, well, maybe that was the Holy Spirit. Maybe that's what she needed to hear. So I'm trusting that that was the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, this weekend, I had another wedding and another reception. So I go to the reception, and one of the guys, this is a grade school friend. So we went to Holy Family grade school together in Parma. Uh, I went to public school. He went to uh, uh, Catholic high school. His parents, Catholic, sent him, obviously. His kids are going to Catholic, uh, Catholic grade school right now. And so he comes up to me and he says, you know, there's a lot of things in the church I don't believe. And I'm like, oh, here we go, you know? Like, so he just starts rattling off, you know, I don't believe in purgatory, I don't believe in celibacy, I don't believe in this, you know, and where is it in the Bible? And I try to say, like, well, if you go to the Bible, you know, confession, if you go and you read about um, the passage where Jesus hands the keys of the kingdom to Peter and he says, Whatever you bind will be bound. Whatever you release will be released. And I say this to him, like, all right, you got to get this, right? And he goes, that's not what that means. And I said, well, who's telling you that's not what that means? He goes, well, I go to the, I go to the mega church down the road, and they, that's, they tell us that's not true. None of the, and then he goes, none of the sacraments are true. None of the sacraments are necessary. And I just go like this, like literally, <laughs> like, like, how do I respond to this in the midst of a wedding reception, right? So we get on to talking, and, and I said, well, you've got to believe in the Eucharist, like the true presence in the Eucharist in Christ. And he goes, no, it's just, that's just a symbol. I, I receive communion at the Protestant church. And I said to him, just a symbol? Like, am I hearing you right? This is the true presence, the, the holy body and blood of Christ in the Eucharist. This is a kid that went to Catholic grade school, Catholic high school. When I was in the seminary, he was going to daily mass. And he goes, no, that's not what we believe. And I said, what do you mean what we believe? No, what we believe, that's the Eucharist. This is the true presence. And, um, you know, so we went on and on and talked about different things. And his, his, his basic thing was, where is it in the Bible? Where is it in the Bible? And I would tell him where it is in the Bible. And he said, well, that's not what it means. We are a faith of Scripture and tradition, capital T, tradition. It's the tradition that the scripture came out of. When, when Jesus appointed Peter to be the first pope, there was no scripture there. He was 
he was instituting Peter to be the first pope. When Jesus said that you had to receive baptism, there was no scripture at that time. There were the sacraments, and out of the church came the scripture. And it's through the church that comes to understand what the scripture means. So when I say, take, take this, all of you, and eat of it, this is my body, which will be given up for you. We believe that. This is my body. Now, somehow, they have kind of taken that and twisted it. And so, you know, part of me just, I get like flushed when I'm in the middle of these conversations. And I'm willing to bet that this happens to you guys, right? So you're the faithful Catholics. I bet that people come up to you like this and do the same thing. So I think it's so important, first of all, that we know our faith and that we are totally on fire in our faith. Now, we hear a, a couple interesting things in the first reading in the gospel, and they're both about people outside of the faith. So God comes down to Moses in this cloud, and he bestows the Holy Spirit on the 70 elders that are in there. They're in the, they're in the, they're in the tent, and they begin to prophesy. But there's these two guys outside of the tent, and somehow or another they receive the Holy Spirit, and they begin to prophesy. And so there's confusion and, and uh, um this Eldad and Medad are prophesying outside the camp, and Joshua, who's Moses' right-hand man, says, Moses, stop them. Stop that. They shouldn't be prophesying. They weren't in here. And Moses says, are you jealous for my sake? Would that all the people of the Lord be prophets? Would that the Lord might bestow his spirit upon them all? So God does want to give us all the Holy Spirit. And sometimes I wonder, if we were truly on fire with the Holy Spirit, would so many of our Catholics be going to the megachurches? If we truly believe that this is the Eucharist, would that be the case? So the, the, uh, the difficulty continues on in the gospel. So John said to Jesus, Teacher, there's someone driving out demons in your name. And he says to him, Whoever is not against us is for us. Now, the truth is, this is, a, this is a passage from the Catechism. So, the 1257, if you have a catechism, if you don't, please get a catechism. Because the catechism answers all these questions, tells you where it is in Scripture, and tells you how we have come in our tradition to revelation of what it truly means. But in the catechism, it says, The Lord affirms the necessity of baptism for salvation. God has bound salvation to the sacraments. God has bound the church to the sacraments, but he himself is not bound by the sacraments. And so what that means is, yes, these sacraments, like if we are celebrating these sacraments, we're receiving true God, true man, the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. But does God still want to reach all the people that are not here in church? Yes, he still wants to bring his Holy Spirit upon them. Now, here's where it really gets difficult, because the gospel shifts and says, whoever causes one of these little ones to sin who believes in me, it would be better if a great millstone were put around his neck and he'd be cast into the sea. Now, this is where we have a problem. Because I know for a fact, and, and my friend said this when he goes to these megachurches, they convince them that the Catholic Church is not right. They convince them that the Catholic Church is evil. And so I look at this and say, whoever causes one of these little ones to, who believes in me to sin, 
So when Jesus says, if they're not for us, if they're not against us, they're for us, I, I think sometimes these other churches are not for us. They're not. They're against us, and they're leading people astray. And the ones that are being led astray are the little ones, as Jesus said. The little ones who haven't fully matured into the faith, who haven't fully become disciples or fully appreciated what we have in the altar and in the sacrifice of our Lord. And these little ones need to be protected. So yes, this is the fullness of the church. We receive the fullness, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist. Can God work outside of that? Yes, of course. Just like we worked with the prodigal son and stirred in him to come back to the, to the father. I went to see Jimmy Buffett last night. Was anybody else there? There were, yeah, there you go. There was a lot of holy family people there I kept running into. And one of them apologized to me for being at a Jimmy Buffett concert. And I said, well, I'm here. <laughs> I experienced something wonderful at a Jimmy Buffett concert. God was there. I was with another priest. Um, there was people together. There was people singing. There was people joyful. God was present there. But is Jimmy Buffett the soul, body, blood, and divinity of Jesus? No. He is a Catholic, by the way. He's pretty fallen away. And I, I want to meet him and I want to take him on retreat. But um, <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's going to happen one day. I'm going to tell him you bring your guitar, a Bible, and a journal and you'll have a great album. So... It's so important for us to realize the truths of our faith. It's so important for us to realize that Scripture comes out of tradition. And the only true, authentic understanding of Scripture is within our tradition. And what the Protestants teach is sola scriptura. It's, it's only in the Bible. And so when I said that verse to him, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life within him, he said, well, that's not what that means. They do not have a proper understanding of what it means. We're given that through the gift of revelation to believe this is my body. This is my blood. And so it's within this tradition that we're gifted with, this wonderful tradition of our faith, that we receive the true and authentic teachings of Jesus. And so I just invite you to take every opportunity that you, you can to learn about the faith, everything that Holy Family presents, try to attend it, try to, try to learn as much as you can, read your scriptures. If you have a catechism, read your catechism. If you don't have a catechism, please get a catechism. Because the cool thing is you can just look in the back and every like single question, it'll show you where it is in scripture and why our church believes that. Because to sin means to be off the mark. It comes from a, an old, um, when they used to shoot bow and arrows at a, a target, and if they would miss the mark, they would yell out sin back to them so that they would know that they missed the mark and they got to move closer. A lot of times, these are Catholics who are falling away. They're missing the mark. They're off. And so we do need to know our faith so much so that we can bring them back ultimately to the fullness of our church. And so as we receive the Eucharist, we pray that these same gifts, that we might receive the Holy Spirit so much so that we, we become prophets, that we prophesy through our words and through our lives so that people can be brought into the fullness and the truth 
and the ultimate love and sacrifice that God wants to give to us. And so we celebrate that at every Mass. You hear the Word of God, you receive His sacrament, and in this we experience ultimately what Christ wants to hand on to us.